break a mirror today. Step on a crack. Shout Macbeth behind the stage in a theater. Or perhaps you have some other superstition you would like to defy on this September 13th, an entire day in which you are encouraged to push past beliefs which have no basis in fact. That may or may not be relevant to the general purpose of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a newsletter and podcast that seeks to let you know a few things that may be going on. On today's program, there's a big milestone coming up for construction of a roundabout at the intersection of US 250 and Virginia Route 151. The latest figures on inflation are out from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. The University of Virginia marks three years since passage of the Great and Good Strategic Plan. And Albemarle County supervisors want to continue a push to allow advisory bodies to meet virtually. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, Mark your calendar for the Rivanna Conservation Alliance's third annual Rivanna River Roundup, community watershed cleanup, coming up on Saturday, September 24th. The RCA organized the first roundup in September 2020 as a safe way for the community to give back to the river during the COVID-19 pandemic. Over the last two years, a total of 245 volunteers have cleaned up 67 miles of streams, nearby trails, and the Rivanna River, removing 192 tires and 213 large bags of trash from the waterways. Registration is now open, and you can sign up for the Rivanna Conservation Alliance newsletter at rivanna-river.org. The conversion of a traffic signal at the intersection of US 250 and Virginia Route 151 in Albemarle County is nearing completion, but there will be a detour beginning this upcoming Sunday scheduled for three and a half days. That will begin on 7 p.m. on September 18th. Here's a press release from the Virginia Department of Transportation. The detour, which will be in place until 6 a.m. September 22nd, is necessary to reconstruct the roundabout approach on Route 151 to meet the elevation of the new roundabout. For details on how the movements will work in the short term, do check out the press release or take a look at the image that's included in the newsletter. The project is one of several applications Albemarle County submitted for funding in the second round of the Virginia Department of Transportation's SmartScale process. Curtis Contracting was paid $28.5 million to construct all of the projects, which include a roundabout at Virginia Route 20 and Profit Road, as well as a limited traffic signal at the US-29 I-64 interchange. Two other projects are a new road connection between Burkmar Drive Extended and Rio Mills Road, as well as an additional lane at the ramp to Fontaine Avenue from northbound US-29. The roundabout at 151 and US-250 is expected to be completed by February of 2023, as is the conversion of the Interstate 64-US-250 interchange at Exit 124 into a diverging diamond. The latest figures on the cost of goods and services across the United States were released promptly at 8.30 a.m. this morning. 
The consumer price index for all urban consumers increased 0.1% between July and August, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Here's a section from the press release. Increases in the shelter, food, and medical care indexes were the largest of many contributors to the broad-based monthly all items increased. These increases were mostly offset by a 10.6% decline in the gasoline index. The overall energy index decreased 5%, though the cost of electricity and natural gas both increased. The cost of food increased 0.8%. Overall, the index has seen an 8.3% increase from August 2021 to August of 2022. That's lower than the 8.5% rise from July 21 to July 22. The publication UVA Today notes that it has been three years since the University of Virginia adopted a strategic plan that has the name Great and Good. Several goals and objectives in the plan seek to position UVA to become a strong partner and a good neighbor to Charlottesville. Our relationship with Charlottesville and the surrounding counties is critically and mutually important. Our success as a university depends in no small part on the strength of those communities and on the strength of our relationship with them. We will reach our potential as a university only if we partner with our neighbors to ensure that the Charlottesville region is an attractive and equitable place to live. UVA's webpage for the strategic plan has been updated with a timeline marking progress toward the goals. This notes that a UVA community working group was appointed in October of 2018. A minimum wage of $15 an hour was announced in March of 2019, and the Equity Center was created in October of 2019. The latter announced this summer a program called Star Hill Pathways to help get local middle school students on track to attend UVA. Also in October of 2019, the Community Working Group became the President's Council on UVA Community Partnerships and eventually led to a commitment from UVA to partner with a developer to build up to 1,500 below-market homes on land owned by UVA or its real estate foundation. In June, a request for qualifications was issued for a firm to work on two sites, and 19 companies responded. That's according to UVA Foundation President Tim Rose, who sent me an email today that said that in October, firms will be notified and asked to respond to the request for proposals. In November of 2019, Albemarle County and Charlottesville both agreed to suspend the Planning and Coordination Council for one year, a suspension that has become permanent. The public body had been a forum for top officials to discuss matters publicly and has transformed into a closed-door group known as the Land Use Environmental Planning Committee. That group is not subject to Virginia's open meetings rules and, according to the website, last met in June. The President's Council also established three working groups to make recommendations on the local economy, early childhood education, and how to increase ways for local residents to get work or get an education at the University of Virginia. A fourth working group on community health was established in May of 2021. A Center for Community Partnerships was opened on West Main Street in December 2020 as a physical home for the Equity Center. The UVA School of Law opened a community solutions clinic in June of 2021. A partnership called Well Aware began this past January to improve health care outcomes in neighborhoods with high rates of disease. 
Meanwhile, UVA continues to purchase more land, particularly along Ivy Road, where various components of a new section, called the Emmett-Ivy Corridor, are now under construction. In April, the foundation purchased 1926 Ivy Road for $750,000. That was 250% over the 2022 assessment. In December, an LLC associated with the UVA Foundation purchased the Ivy Square Shopping Center for $20 million. The UVA Board of Visitors meets this week, beginning with a Wednesday meeting of the Finance Subcommittee on Tuition. The full board meets Thursday and Friday. On the agenda of the Buildings and Grounds Committee is a vote on the demolition of University Gardens, an apartment complex on Emmett Street across from the Barracks Road Shopping Center. Here's a section of the staff report for that item. University Gardens apartments were built in 1948 and acquired by the university during the 1960s to provide alternative housing for married couples and graduate students. The removed location allowed married students and families to establish a neighborhood community environment within the sphere of the growing university. There are currently no plans for what to do with the property. That may be informed by the 2030 Grounds Framework Plan, a key part of the next master plan for UVA. The firm Urban Strategy has been hired to do some of the work, which is expected to be completed sometime this year. Much of Central Grounds is technically within Albemarle County, where the UVA Foundation has a substantial presence with ownership of the Fontaine Research Park, the North Fork Discovery Park, and the unprogrammed Blue Ridge Sanatorium. This year, two top UVA officials joined the Planning Commission in Albemarle County as full members. Fred Missel is the Director of Development at the University of Virginia Foundation, and Luis Carrazana is the Associate University Architect. A non-voting seat reserved for UVA has not been filled since Carrazana became a full-fledged member of the body this past January. For more information on the University of Virginia and continued coverage, please continue to subscribe to Charlottesville Community Engagement. And as you just heard, you are in fact listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and thanks for doing so. This is written out, but wouldn't you rather hear it? Well, you are, so thank you. In today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, the Rivanna Trail turns 30 this year. And to mark the occasion, the Rivanna Trail Foundation is throwing a party the weekend of September 24th. It's also the annual Loop DeVille, which is being expanded this year. That Saturday is National Public Lands Day. And if you want to walk the 20-mile loop of the Rivanna Trail or take place in a run of the circuit, go ahead and register now. What about a mountain bike ride? First 25 registrants for each of those will get free admission to that night's Rivanna Roots concert at the Rivanna River Company. Visit rivannatrails.org to learn more about what's happening on Sunday, including a 15-mile mountain bike ride with the Charlottesville Mountain Bike Club, a family-friendly walk at Riverview Park, and a five-mile run. That's followed with a celebration from noon to five at the Wool Factory. For all of the details, visit RivannaTrails.org. Thank you for those who made this shout-out possible. One more segment to go today. 
there are 120 days until the 2020 session of the Virginia General Assembly begins, and already there are dozens of bills that have either been pre-filed or carried on from 2022. This is the time of year that localities across Virginia establish what bills they would like to see their legislators carry. Last week, the Albemarle Board of Supervisors had another work session on their priorities for 2023, which will build off of what they did not get passed in 2022. Here's Steve Rosenberg, who has been Albemarle County's attorney for about six weeks. One of those was to provide for civil penalties in lieu of criminal punishment for violations of local ordinances. Another was to require agricultural buildings used by the public to comply with minimum safety standards that apply to other buildings in the locality. And the third was to expand the authority to use photo speed monitoring devices. Of those, the only success was on agricultural buildings, as a bill carried by Senator Emmett Hanger was signed into law. However, that bill must also pass the 2023 General Assembly in order to take effect. Additionally, an advisory committee has been formed to implement the legislation as it moves forward. This group met in August and meet again later this month. There's a link to the minutes in the newsletter. Rosensberg said those priorities will proceed, and three more are being suggested. The first one of those is... um to provide for county taxing authority for school division capital projects. And there are certain localities in the Commonwealth that already enjoy this authority. Similar legislation died in a House of Delegates subcommittee last February, as I reported at the time. A second new priority would change the eligibility for the Virginia Economic Development Partnership's Business Ready Sites Program. Currently, in order to be eligible um, in this region, a site must have 100 contiguous acres. Albemarle does not have a site that large in its development area, but other regions have lower thresholds to participate. A final priority would be to request Virginia's open meeting rules to allow more flexibility for virtual participation in meetings of advisory bodies. Legislation adopted this year only allows some bodies to have two virtual-only meetings per year. That doesn't apply to planning commissions, school boards, board of zoning appeals, or elected bodies. I believe Supervisor Galloway raised the issue um, during that meeting um, that this was particularly burdensome on the community advisory committees. There are some challenges there to separate out um, you know, one type of a public body for particular treatment. The Crozet Community Advisory Committee meets for the first time in person on Wednesday, and already at least one member has said they will not attend due to health concerns. Delegate Elizabeth Bennett Park, a Democrat from the 45th District, is expected to revisit the issue with a bill next session. That's according to David Blunt, legislative liaison with the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission. Uh, that she is um, looking to come back with the bill again this coming session, uh, and again asking for that to be, uh, for the authority for all virtual meetings to be allowed for all public bodies. That's where she started out with the bill last year, uh, and I believe it passed the House. Blunt said this second attempt will be to have non-elected bodies be able to hold unlimited virtual meetings. 
Several amendments were made in the Senate this year that Blunt said had whittled down the scope. Supervisors said they want to pursue that legislation. Here's Supervisor Diantha McKeel of the Jack Jewett District. I would love for our advisory committees to be able to meet by Zoom all the time. And I think we could make a good case for that with our uh, increase in participation. Supervisor Ned Galloway of the Rio District said he believes mentalities are changing and that more legislators may eventually support the effort to allow more virtual meetings. The state needs to stop trying to dictate who can do what, just give everybody the authority to do it, and then put requirements on it. Notice, record the session, public access. Galloway said that virtual meetings for regional bodies, such as the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission, would go a long way toward helping Virginia encourage part-time legislators. As somebody that has a full-time job, over what I learned during the pandemic, is this meeting I set aside time for. But my MPO, my TJPDC, my RHP, all these other assignments that I have to do as an elected official became much easier for me to do and participate in because of the virtual piece. Another possible piece of legislation is the addition of impact fees to mechanisms the county could use to help cover the cost of building infrastructure related to new development. Supervisors were in support of all of these priorities. They will officially adopt a legislative agenda in October and will meet with legislators in November. And that's it for another installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, another day, another newsletter. Hopefully, later on today, I'll be posting a third installment of The Government Glance, a glibly named newsletter that seeks to preview what's coming up at local meetings in Virginia's 5th Congressional District. This is another offering from Town Crier Productions, the company I have formed to try to get as much documented as possible about the ins, outs, and other directional adjectives related to local and regional government. All of this is still a work in progress, but here we are at episode 430, a number that does not appear to have any significance to me unless you are in the United States and your birthday is April 30th. Most of the stories you see here are also archived on Information Charlottesville, a website that is also still finding its forever shape. You can help support all of this in many ways. Subscribe through Substack for $5 a month, $50 a year, or $200 a year, and you get lots of things with that. You can read that in the newsletter. You can sign up to your Patreon. Come on, you guys are listening. If you've, if you've heard to this point, you've heard all the other ones. So I'm just going to go ahead and just skip it and say thank you, Ting. Um, but I would like to say if anybody would like to write an epic poem about Charlottesville community engagement in whatever meter you want, send it along. I can't pay you, but... Uh, it won't help financially, but it certainly would be interesting. Please do share the work with as many people as you can. It's time to get on to the next part of the day. I've got two interviews lined up today, and I have the other newsletter to get to, as well as preparing for episode 431 of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Lots happening, and I'm here to document them. Thank you to everybody who is helping to make this work. Thank you very much, and goodbye for now.